All right, welcome, welcome. This is episode number 86 of the Bearded Marketers Podcast. I'm Rob. And I'm Corey. Of course, this is the only internet marketing podcast that matters, the only one you need to listen to. You can catch new episodes every Monday morning at thebeardedmarketers.com slash podcast on iTunes and on Stitcher Radio, as well as I'm sure a few other places you can pick it up. If you're listening right now, always just take a second, shoot an email to a colleague, coworker, friend, so there's whatever. this new hotness yeah. I found. Yeah, exactly. You need to peep this. Um, anyone who could be interested in internet marketing, uh, spread the word. And if you have any suggestions for topics on next week's episode, shoot us an email uh, from thebeardedmarketers.com slash podcast or from thebeardedmarketers.com slash contact or shoot us a text or voicemail at 904-270-9603. I am drinking... <laughs> Before we get into what we're drinking, I did want to give a shout out. If you listen regularly, you probably think, man, that is some sweet intro and outro music they got going on. That is from our friend, Ronald Jinkies. Wow. And he is a great artist. And I just wanted to give him a shout out. He just released a new album, Alpha Numeric. You should check it out. Support him. He's a great guy. And thanks for giving us permission to use for the intro outro. So I did want to give him a shout out. Always puts out solid work. Great work jams. Chill. And you won't end up necessarily singing along at your desk and people will be staring at you, making jokes. <laughs> but anyways, let's get into what we're... That's my favorite part of the day, though. <laughs> That's so. true. But let's get into what we're drinking. I, myself, drinking a Presbyterian minus the lime. So that is Buffalo Trace and a little bit of ginger beer, our favorite non-alcoholic beverage here in the office. How about yourself? I'm doing a Moscow Mule. Okay, returning yeah, it back. Yeah, because all we have as a mixer here is ginger beer. So. Well, it's starting to cool down. So I think for next week, I'm going to come up with a warm cocktail to drink. Uh, is that a thing? I don't think oh, it's yeah. a thing. I'm going to bring back one we had in Washington, D.C., that stone pool. Mm, that's right. I'm going to try to recreate. Anyways, let's hop into the topics. Time's short. It's the holiday season. We're all in a crazy rush. Let's get into it. Speaking of holidays, first topic we're going to get into, what are some holiday stats that are about to blow your mind, but also give you a pretty good checklist of what users are expecting or thinking about with this holiday season are you in line facebook launching a places platform hmm, some potential mix up for the business world there we're going to talk about briefly about twitter smashing it out of the park on seo and what you need to consider there holiday adwords and pla checklist rob's going to decode all of those words and tell us why we need to care and then last but not least it wouldn't be an episode if we didn't check in with our friends at google what are they cooking up in the lab and what do you need to be paying attention to? So first things first, wanted to talk through some points that I found relevant in a article put out by getelastic.com. Interesting blog, very e-commerce focused, but I think as but I think some of these principles can really apply to many businesses and thinking about what is the user psychology driving decisions. But here are some stats that are related to a large survey that they just conducted focused around 2014 holiday season. First and foremost, U.S. e-commerce, this should be no surprise, is expected to continue to grow year on year, 16.6%, which is good news for me with all the e-commerce work that I do. Now, this is staggering. How I want to ask you this. How many billions of dollars do you think is estimated U.S.-based retail e-commerce just in holiday season? B is in billion. Mm. Just gonna throw a number out. Ten. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you give me a up, down, left, right? Where you are very cold. 
your polar ice cap at this point. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I can't comprehend. I think the human mind can't comprehend millions and billions. <laughs> I don't even know. 200 billion? No, not that much. 72.41 okay. billion dollars. This is just e-commerce. So there are dollars to be had out there. People need to understand that you need to be on your game. There's a lot of money out there. So get some of it. It's a problem in our industry, though. It's one thing I actually do not like about what we do mm-hmm. online internet marketing is crunch time when everybody else is getting the damn time oh, off. Oh, yeah. Everybody else with an office Slacking job, at their jobs. Not doing shit in November Potluck and December. dinners. No, we're working. And we're slammed. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it is anyway, ridiculous. that was my little short rant there on the holidays. Another thing to keep in mind, and this is actually pretty staggering, mobile commerce. So this is going to be commerce that is completed on mobile devices accounts for 33% of online holiday sales. Keep in mind, that's actually completed commerce. That's not people browsing around on their mobile devices. They're going to complete later on. So 33% of sales are actually going to be done on mobile devices. That means you better be making sure that your sites are up to par for those devices, everything's working correctly, and be monitoring that as a usual thing. Also, and I did want to talk through a couple of these because promotions is a huge thing in the e-commerce world, but I also think Legion can gain some benefits here. 94% of polled consumers said that discounts would be important to their purchase decision. That makes sense. You must be a crazy person if it would not, or maybe you're just buying extreme luxury Well, especially if you ask me that question, I'm not going to say no. no. Actually, that's a distractor. (laughs) I'm a billionaire. I don't care about, yeah. What's interesting though, and this actually goes back to a point that we made last week when free shipping is not enough, it is now estimated that 70% of all e-commerce shipments will entail free shipping at this point. And we talked about last episode, free shipping is no longer that easy crutch that some of us could rely on. You need to really think about what is the value that you bring to the table? Why should people shop with you? Maybe think about you have an awesome return policy. Maybe we have a great holiday shopping guide Mm -hmm. that helps you make that great decision. Or we have great things like model images. And I can see dad would look great in that sweater. I think I'm going to buy that for him. Back to your stat on 70% or free shipping. I think what might be skewing this for the holidays though is because I think normally it's probably a lot higher but during the holidays I always pay for shipping because I'm waiting till that last minute so I got to get that overnight express early (laughs) a.m. delivery. Well interesting Um, on that 83% of online shoppers said that they are willing to wait additional days for delivery if they can get free shipping. So maybe these are those pre-planners those crazy people shopping in October to get their yeah. holiday shopping on, but... Well, sure, because it's not for me. I don't care. As long as it comes before Christmas. <laughs> I want my presents on right? Christmas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one other thing that I wanted to bring up, and I think that some businesses still really don't do this very well, is understanding that 80% of consumers will use more than one device at once while shopping for the holidays, while 84% will begin shopping on one device and finishing on another. So you as a company in an e-commerce site, how do you grapple? I mean, now it's, you're almost too late now, but how do you grapple with that reality that people are using multiple devices? I added and I built this great cart on my phone in the subway, getting to work, stressed out because it's the holiday season. I'm working with Rob and Corey and they got me working so hard because it's the holiday season. But when I get home, I relax, get down to my desktop. I want to complete that purchase. What is your flow like? Have you taken the users into account or now are they starting all the way over? How does that work? And understand that we now live in a multi-device world. How do you accommodate that? And are you doing it well? Those are some of the stats I wanted to share around this holiday. 
to your last point there pretty quickly, I mean, I, I wonder how much that affects a lot of retailers. It's not like an Amazon, right? That's going to matter because I might buy like 20 different things from Amazon, right? right? But I think a lot of retail, at least the way that I tend to shop is I'm only maybe getting one or maybe two things from a lot of different companies. The ability to sort of be able to pick up where I left off doesn't become as much of a concern, right? I think it probably depends on the actual site you're going on. Yeah. So if I'm shopping for something where a provider is only has a limited amount of stock, well, then that's easy. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to somewhere where they have multiple levels of, I need to nail down on very specific products and recreate this cart where I have some sort of general idea of what right. I was looking at, but it takes some serious effort to get down. I don't know. I think that that maybe adds another layer in there. So I think it might maybe depend on what kind of shopping experience do you have? You know, yeah, Are you enough. someone that warehouses a ton of products? So resuming that search all over again, that's like a daunting task. Like I don't want to redo uh, all of that. I mean, it sounds like another strong case for having a great search functionality. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I've already picked it up on a device, I know what it's called. I'm just or looking a for wish it. list that and can be shared across the search devices, engine perhaps. sucks. <laughs> I think the problem with wish lists across devices is it requires me to log in and for me on a phone I just don't do that sure sure Uh, that's just something that I'm not gonna take the time to deal with I use Chrome so I can easily just see what tabs I had left open on my phone so that's Mm -hmm. the way I go about doing those things Hmm. all right so those are some stats about the holiday season some things you need to keep in mind I think there are some key pieces in there where you need to be paying attention It's, it's game time now we're in fourth quarter you need to be getting on your game so you finish out the year strong you know something else i would add in there when people are shopping to your point actually time is limited mm-hmm. yeah you know, i've waited till last i'm really busy at my job thinking about any of this one of the things i think that sometimes goes by the wayside in these sort of circumstances or times because it's not necessarily sexy or we feel like it's a difficult thing to really look at is how is your site performing from a speed standpoint? When I'm shopping and I'm strapped for time or I'm in the hustle bustle of the season, I can't be waiting around on a slow site. And I would challenge people along with all of those things to consider what are you doing for your promotions and your shippings and all that. Keep an eye out on how your site's actually doing. Is it handling the increase of traffic? Is your cart starting to break? When you're processing multiple credit card payments at once, is your merchant able to handle that? You know, these are certain things that can really cost you in the long term and aren't necessarily the sexy things to keep in mind or maybe sort of difficult for you as a company, but those are the things that can really cripple you in this season. And when you look at all of your marketing expenditures and how many people were coming on your site and not understanding, we had this huge drop in conversion. We got a lot more people in here, but they weren't buying. Sometimes it's very easy to beat yourself up on, well, our marketing sucked. Maybe it was actually your site had some serious problems that you weren't really keeping a handle on that are really masking or hurting your performance. So keep those things in mind. Pay your IT team some extra Mountain Dew, some Doritos, get on their good side. Those are the things that you really do need to be paying attention to as this time, because for some sites, it's an exponential growth in traffic. And just because it works now doesn't mean that your website or your servers handle those types of loads. So keep that in mind. That's enough on that. Let's move over to Mark Zuckerberg land, Facebook. And I did want to make mention on this because we do have a, a few listeners that I've at least talked to where this is sort of relevant in this local industry. You're running businesses. Maybe you get a lot of search on social media. You have these strong interactions, things of that nature, or you're just in a business where that's a viable channel for you. Something that's been interesting in the last couple of days, Facebook has rolled out a new places aspect to their website. And what that really is aimed at doing is 
guiding people through search to discover new places through Facebook pages. It seems like what they're going after is sort of this TripAdvisor, Yelp-ish, and I would say probably TripAdvisor is probably the closest, at least in my mind, that they're really going after where some of their splash pages are, welcome to the city, tell us what you're searching for. And their goal is to really tie in this, I would say, semi-vibrant business ecosystem that they have going on for these small and medium-sized businesses. And guiding users now that you've arrived to New York City or Nashville or Austin, Texas, or whatever it is, what are you looking for? And we can help serve you up Facebook businesses that might be relevant to what you're looking for. And I think it's an interesting play for Facebook. I think that they did have some strong growth and I am shocked to see how many decently sized companies still roll with Facebook as one of their main methods of communication and like a website platform. So maybe that is a good strategy for them to keep those users going and also provide them a strong revenue source. It'll be interesting At the end of the day, they'll need users to adopt this process. I did want to make mention of it because I think for some businesses, their strength in social, what their communities are doing, if you can get people to be your advocates and show people these sort of new features that Facebook's rolled out to, it could be a very strong play for you or something just to consider. But if you haven't in a while, might be time to take your spring cleaning stuff out and spruce up what your Facebook profile actually looks like. If that's yeah. an interesting channel for you or something where you at least get some traffic, there is some mix up in the local world. And so if there's a potential for more people now to come onto your site, that competitive edge might be important. Yeah, it's unfortunately yet another place local businesses have to be involved in Mm -hmm. another social network area where they have to make sure that their places things are now hooked up properly with Facebook. It's weird that, you know, you mentioned this because I I feel like I've heard or read some recent articles that Google has been removing some of the local results from more of their searches lately. Oh, yeah, we're going to get into that. You know, they're always tweaking that algorithm. Right. So it's interesting that Facebook is now rolling this out. I feel like it feels a bit disjointed from what Facebook is Mm -hmm. in my mind. And I'll tell you personally, the last thing, I don't have a Facebook account, but in my mind, if I did, the last thing I would want to know is what the hell my mom thinks about the best mm-hmm. places in New York are. That's, right. I don't care. I, you know, I like the, the more anonymous TripAdvisor type feel, which if that's Facebook's goal with this, it's like, why is it on Facebook? It doesn't, doesn't connect. I don't understand it. I think what's tough for me to ascertain is just the sample of where we're at, the metro areas that I've been to. But I am startled at how many companies use Facebook as a proxy website. And that's where the new menu items go and things like that. So from an end user standpoint, I do like the anonymity of TripAdvisor, but I also could potentially appreciate when I'm landing on some of these Facebook pages, actually seeing the vibrancy of the communication for these businesses talking to their customers, what's actually the new specials, especially in the small micro segment that is food trucks. I mean, that's like a huge thing on Facebook with keeping up their site and daily menus and things like that. So I don't know if it's going to apply to everyone, but I do think it'll be an interesting development to see what Facebook does. No, I mean, I think that's actually a really good point. That's definitely something I've noticed with some local companies. That's one of those aspects that you can kind of only get from Facebook, that Mm -hmm. holistic. I mean, Twitter is potentially used, but you can see everything nice and neatly on Facebook for a local company. So that's a good point. Speaking of Twitter, man, great segue. Just laying them up, alley-oop, and I'm going to take this one. So I did want to mention, interesting interesting article on Search Engine Land will tweet out how apropos to what we're going to be talking about. Twitter actually released some results where they took some time 
They did some self-discovery. They said, how can we make our pages more SEO friendly? They did some work on the pages where they render out hashtags, search pages, things of that nature. Now you got to consider the source. It is Twitter putting out these stats, but they have reported the fruits of their labor has been a 10x increase in SEO traffic to their sites. So I did want to cover it. I think that there's a lot of companies that see social as an SEO negative. They think it's going to not really bear any fruit. It's not really worth our time. You know, we might get some people looking at it here and there, but Twitter is showing that they are taking it very seriously. And if you can get some good viral campaigns out there, probably tying it along with some real media, maybe some video campaigns, things of that nature, that social media doesn't necessarily have to be divorced from SEO. And those two can interplay really well with one another. It's a very fascinating read to look at what they've done as a company, some of the results that they found. But also this has come in the past, actually, Twitter had a relationship with Google to append in some of their data feeds, some of their trending data, things of that nature. And this work is actually outside of that. They actually ended their relationship in 2011 or 12. So this work is actually outside of these sometimes private deals that search engines will sign with some of these data providers. But Twitter is making some efforts to really bring social into the SEO mix and make it viable. So if you've written that off in the past, definitely take this article, take a look at it. Some interesting things to cover. Their results, though, they don't surprise me. I know you're sort of, you know, doubting the authenticity. And I mean, of course, it's from them and they probably want to hit some headlines. Uh, Well, that's true even though I don't use it personally very much. It doesn't surprise me, though, that they got such great results because I remember even back in the old days when I was trying to scrape Twitter with web scrapers when Mm -hmm. they didn't have an API. And even now, so much of their site is like very Ajax-y. And uh, URLs yeah. are very hashtag based. Right. So I could see it being very difficult for Google to crawl and, and find mm-hmm. everything. And not to mention, you know, that virtually all the links now that people use, I mean, this is, I think, the same on Facebook and all the social network sites. Everything goes through jumper links. And so it's very sort of hidden and not very SEO friendly. So I could see them taking a concerted effort to fix some of those things could make a huge difference. And to your point about using Twitter, it could now potentially be driving more natural traffic that's coming from Google to a hashtag result page mm-hmm. to your tweet. It just happens to be using that hashtag or whatever right. it is. So some interesting things. Yeah, definitely from there. All right. You're going to tell us about Holiday AdWords BPC and a PLA checklist. First of all, what are PLAs? I think we've covered this before on the podcast, but let's do a refresher course. And what do we need to pay attention to now that it's holiday season? This is a PDF, Google Best Practices Holiday Shopping Checklist. For those who aren't aware, Google releases these Google Best Practices. Google that in Google and you should find some other best practices related to e-commerce, SEO, uh, testing, whatever it is. They've got some pretty cool, interesting information out there. And it's from Google, so you know it's good. <laughs> this one I'm going to... quit. used to be their motto, actually. <laughs> and then they dropped We that. do good. Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> now we're terrible. <laughs> I'm going to run through some of these... This was released fairly, I don't know, like a few months ago. So some of the timelines that are in here are like in early October, do things like this, which obviously these times have passed. You can feel bad if about you're yourself. listening now, <laughs> you're late to the game. It's time to play catch up. But I think there are still some good tips in here, especially some of the early ones on how to plan for your holidays. It's never too late, better late than never, whatever are some other cliches I could throw in there. Anyway, so let's just get right through it. Today, stop everything that you're doing. Drop what you're doing. 
and forecast your budgets and set KPIs. This is the first tip. Budget and the beard marketers. Also, I don't know if I mentioned this. So these are specifically related to AdWords and PLAs. You know, I know you mentioned PLAs. For those who aren't aware, it's just a form of ad in Google. It's product Mm -hmm. listing ad. So specifically for e-commerce people. But the first tip they have in there is forecast your budgets and set your KPIs. KPIs, I know we're using a lot of acronyms here. (laughs) KPIs, key performance indicators. So today, drop what you're doing. Forecast out your budgets. The last thing you want is to be cruising along with your AdWords campaign and boom, you're out of budget. Bank account empty, credit card max, maxed out, you know, whatever it is, make sure all of that stuff is squared away for all your paid advertising campaigns. KPIs are pretty straightforward. I mean, we should already know what all of those things. Set up your promo calendar. I mean, these are basic things. Yeah, like do this right now. If you don't know, when are you releasing your free shipping things? When are Mm -hmm. you releasing those 20% off things? What kind of promos are you running on Black Friday, on Thanksgiving Day itself, a week before Christmas when it's the last chance you get to Mm -hmm. order in time for Christmas? I mean, map these things out. You need to have this stuff figured out ahead of time. So you can start building the creatives for that, the tests you may be running. Well, that, and also in those time periods, sometimes you need to be extremely flexible based on performance. It's, you know, we're seeing this work well, things of that nature. And having some of that stuff already built out, that allows you to focus solely on watching what's going on. You're not trying to divide your time with, oh shit, I need to get up all these new ads for this promo that's coming up. I didn't plan for things of that nature. If you do some of this pre-planning allows you the flexibility. Sometimes we think pre-planning is very constrained and it holds us down, but really it allows us the freedom to be flexible. You know, I don't necessarily have to spend my time stressed because I'm trying to juggle all these things. Mm-hmm. I already got that in the bank, in the garage, ready to go. I can watch my dashboard as a dollars roll in and then, you know, adjust accordingly. So there are many benefits to pre-planning. Last tip that you need to drop everything you're doing and, and make sure this is done today is establish a crisis response plan. So what the hell do I do when all of a sudden my emails are getting marked as spam? Right. What do I do when, Cry. you know, you were sort of <laughs> hinting at earlier, what happens when my start, site starts to slow down? What happens when databases go down? What happens when ad budgets get maxed out? What do I do when all of these types of things happen. Because again, to your point, the last thing you want to be doing is freaking out because damn, all of our ads are off now or Mm -hmm. our ads are on, but our site's down or now all of our promo emails, which we get all our sales from, are getting bounced back or aren't going to the right inbox folder. So make sure all of those things, I mean, I know some of us, we don't want to think about those things, but they can happen. So it's better to be prepared, have the extra you know, we send me emails with MailChimp. All of our shit is getting screwed. Let's switch over to this other provider, which we've already researched. We're ready to go. Right. We have backup servers ready to pull the trigger on when our stuff mm-hmm. goes down. Some of these other ones are going to be more specific to AdWords, but I still want to talk about some of these because I think just ads in general, I think they still apply. But I'm going to smoke through some of these other ones without much discussion. Expand coverage of increased holiday queries. Make sure you're paying attention to people searching more often during the holiday season for keywords that include things like gift, shopping lists. I mean, people shop differently during the holiday season. Make sure you're taking that into consideration with especially your keyword-based targeting. Promote your best converting ads, but especially at the right times because people will be using different types of keywords, phrases, and types of products as the season progresses. Prioritize your holiday merchandise and top performers. I oh, mean, yeah. this can apply to your website as well as your ads. Uh, but make sure you're paying attention to what the hell is selling well right now. Get that up to your homepage. Get mm-hmm. it up at the top of the category pages. 
give that stuff more priority on the website and in your ad placements. Make sure you don't forget to target the on-to-go shoppers. You know, we talked about this, mm-hmm. this mobile experience to the website. There's going to be a lot more people on mobile devices. You know, I know a lot of guys running AdWord campaigns or ads anywhere who sort of just by default turn off mobile traffic. Don't make that mistake this holiday season. Make sure you try, you know, see what you can make happen with some of those mobile guys out there. Yeah, and maybe if you even want to get fancy, I mean, you do have the ability to set up a device preference within mm-hmm. your ads. So maybe you create a custom mobile lander for those visitors where you're presenting them what we would call maybe low friction or low energy decision products. Ones that aren't necessarily that complex to sell. Let's use textiles as an example. You know, maybe instead of showing some of our more complex shirts or things where people are going to really take size into consideration, it's like, well, is this a tight fitting shirt? Things of that nature. You know, maybe you direct your mobile visitors to more easy buying items. Maybe it's like accessories, things like that. Obviously, they're going to have lower AOVs. But for those visitors, you're understanding one, they're in a smaller device and they don't maybe necessarily have the time, but you're also providing a good experience to them to where they're not necessarily having to fish around and deal with all these sort of decision points throughout your site. You realize the device they're on and you're also providing them here maybe are the easiest decisions for you. I know you're stressed. Mm -hmm. You're trying to decide what am I going to cook for the holidays? How am I going to fit all this stuff in? And now I'm trying to shop Make that yeah. that point easier. So think through some of those case studies for those people and how you might best serve them. A couple more things. Maximize the relevancy of your ads. Don't forget that ads are going to change over the season. Make sure you keep an eye on what your competitors are doing in terms of AdWords specifically. Make sure that you're not falling behind with all your competitors are using all these other extensions, ratings, mm-hmm. product reviews, PLAs, and you're not. Don't fall behind on that, but also pay attention to messaging and the ads themselves. Mm -hmm. Your competitors will probably be pushing holiday-related messaging. Don't get stuck being the only one not doing that stuff. All right, these last two tips are pretty related, but I think these mostly apply to December in and of itself, which I'm going to categorize as including Black Friday as well. So Mm -hmm. from Black Friday up until I think it's about the Tuesday, I think this year before Christmas would probably be the last day to get something out. Right. So at this point, we're not doing anything. We're not trying to get fancy. We're just trying to hold onto our butts and make it to the other side. Things that you should be paying attention to are, you know, I mentioned budget before. Make sure that you don't have daily budgets that are now getting smoked through and all the traffic that's smoking it up isn't the stuff that is actually getting you the great ROI. Make sure you keep a focus on that stuff both during the days or during the weeks or however you have your budget set. And then finally, make sure if you do have budgets that you do have to stick to. I mean, not every department or company out there can just spend as much as we have to make as much as we have. You know, I wish we could, but Mm -hmm. some of us still have budgets. Make sure you target those high ROI, easy wins. Turn off the stuff that isn't working as well for you and just make sure you can sit on those fat margins where you find them for the rest of the season and, and focus on those. So, Those are some things to keep in mind this crazy holiday season. I think there's some good tips, especially related to ads. Budgets are going to be a crazy thing. Fluctuations and all things are going to happen this holiday season. So keep an eye on that and don't blow a bunch of cash where you don't want to. 
Let's move on to our last topic. Google Corner would not be an episode if we didn't cover this. Did want to cover, this actually relates to some local shakeups that Rob was mentioning. So Google is playing around with their local search results. You might notice that when you search for particular things, they're going to return back what they call local map packs, going to be results that are listed to their places page, different data aggregators out there. Particularly in some verticals, they have what's called a carousel, and it's going to be picture-based. Hotels is a very popular one on this, but there's some other local verticals where this is prevalent. They are now dropping the carousel and rearranging how some of those pages look to where map results will now be a three-pack within the results, and it looks quite a bit different. And this is going to sit below AdWords placements on the page. I bring all this up to say, first, you should check out the link so you can see some screenshots that we're going to tweet out. But also, it seems to me, at least, your local rankings are now going to become really important. So the benefit with the carousel to some was you had a higher likelihood of potentially being click if you were the lower result because it had, let's say, six or seven results in there on this page, depending on what the resolution of the browser was. Now with just a three-pack, being one of those top local positions now is becoming very important. So as a company, if that's something that you rely on, be aware that there are some shakeups, but it's going to become pretty imperative that you're one of the top results. So you might need to think about how can we increase that or what is actually going to be our keyword strategy and what we're going to target. Now, I know you had an interesting topic to come back around on some of the legal wranglings that Google is going through around the world. So why don't we touch base on what's going on there? Yeah. So to wrap it up, not really marketing related, but interesting nonetheless. I think a lot of us here in the States, you know, we know of Google, obviously Mm -hmm. we use it every day for everything, (laughs) but they don't have many legal troubles here, at least not in the news that I'm Mm -hmm. aware of. The European Union, that's a whole different story. (laughs) Different (laughs) ballgame. Google's in a world of hurt over there on all sorts of different fronts. So I just want to run through a few of them. Just make sure all the, the listeners are up to date on what's going on. So the first one I wanted to talk about was, in quotes, what's being referred to as link taxes. And this is especially prevalent in France, Sweden, and Germany, where the large publishing newspaper companies are getting very ticked off at Google Hmm. for including their results in Google results. Like for an example would be Google News. Like we Hmm. don't want you to have your, our stuff in your results without you paying us for that privilege. Right. But we send you the traffic. Trying to work the mental. Well, yeah. So, I mean, well, there's a few ways that this can happen too, you know, so some Google news articles would be the whole article. Um, Some would just give a snippet, but regardless, they're pissed at this. And um, it's just backlash because newspapers don't make any damn money these days, right? Mm -hmm. Because no one cares. And I don't want to see the million ads on your website. So they're getting a lot of backlash from that. These things are being referred to as link taxes. So in France, Google made a settlement with the publishing industry in France, $60 million to help them try to figure out how the hell to make money in their online publishing. Sweden is a newcomer to this, so there's no result from that. Some major German publishers, though, decided that we're going to like basically pull the plug on having our our stuff listed inside Google, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, block it with robots or whatever method they used. And then, oh, come to find out 80% drop in traffic for all of your websites. (laughs) Crawling back to Google, we've made a terrible mistake, but you have a terrible monopoly. We hate you, but we love you. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. We (laughs) hate you. Sorry, we hate you. (laughs) Some interesting things there. Another one I wanted to mention, you know, this whole right to be forgotten mess. France has made a recent decision where, so... 
I think the way that it used to work was, or the way that it worked currently is if I'm in France, if I'm a French citizen, I can say I have a right to be forgotten for this, whatever. That will only apply on Google France. French courts have made a, a recent ruling that say, no, that should apply worldwide. That's everywhere, even though French courts don't have, you know, (laughs) any sort of, you know, power or authority to Mm -hmm. do something like that. That's what they're saying. So currently Google is being fined in the massive sum of 1000 euros per day. Not really. So they don't care. Yeah. But they're being fined because the right to be forgotten is not a worldwide solution. (laughs) That's another joke thing that's happening. There There was another thing that I had read to that I didn't think was all that important, but it was like, I think it was like a Swedish pianist uh-huh. didn't like a review he had received from like five years ago from some other website. Yeah. And he was trying to get it removed for that. So there was some kerfuffle over this. I love this stuff. <laughs> so the two more things and cover them really quickly before we bounce out of here. European Union is currently trying to figure out a bunch of antitrust issues with Google deep in the mess with all that stuff. So we'll see how that shakes out. Finally, and there's been a lot of this in the news, lately tax loopholes in the european countries mm-hmm. all sorts of schemes one being the double irish which ireland's i don't know head of something has come out and said we're going to actually try to close some of these massive loopholes a lot of other countries are falling in line i'm not sure what you know the the impetus of all of this stuff is but google is one of those major players who takes advantage of these huge tax loopholes in European countries. So it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Another one is Apple. I know it's a big, they basically just drop a couple of huge company names. Apple and Google are huge. So Mm -hmm. that's a quick rundown of all the crap Google's dealing with. Gotcha. European Union. So Santa baby, make all my leave for travels go away. (laughs) Yeah. Or just pull the plug, get out of those countries. Peace. (laughs) Go dark. Anyway, you like this. (laughs) That's going to do it for us on this episode. Thank you so much for your time. If you enjoyed yourself, please share with a friend, a colleague, or as Rob would say, a lover perhaps. We'd also ask you to take a little bit of time and leave us a review on whatever channel you found us on, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever it was. Helps us grow the show, but also know where we're at. Maybe we need to change some things up, things of that nature. Speaking of that, you can also contact us if you have an idea for the show. Maybe you listen every week and go, hmm, those beer guys, they sound very smart, but they didn't think about this. Let us know. Or maybe you're struggling with something and you need a little bit of help. We have a lot of experience out there where we can either give you help personally or point you in the right direction. You can contact us a number of ways. Thebeardmarketers.com slash contact. Reach out to us on Twitter. Or we have our own crises hotline that we've set up. 904-270-9603. You can call or text us there. Rob waits by the phone day and night. But thank you again so much for your time. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Yeah.